Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and staple on your legs. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We're recording this on a very special day. Did you know that? No. It's the 21st anniversary of Kingdom Hearts 1. Oh. If you have a Japanese copy of Kingdom Hearts 1 and bring it to a bar in the United States of America... You are legally allowed to pour beer into the game case. Could I not do that on any day, really? No, because it would be underage. Oh, the I get it. I'm I, I'm a little slow today, Sam. <laughs> if you open up the game case and open and close it like a little mouth, I'm demonstrating with my hands. If you can see that, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm visualizing. You can hold it wide open. Yep. Pour a beer into it. Yep. Close it, and you won't go to jail today. That's great. I'm glad that yesterday that. you would have. It's been a real day. I like to check in on the Kingdom Hearts subreddit. It's no good uh, ever, <laughs> but it's been a, a powerful day of content farming and karma farming, is what I meant to say. Right. Uh, the number of posts that I saw today of people posting the same pieces of Kingdom Hearts art and just saying like, "Wow, thanks for 21 amazing years." D A E uh, Kingdom Hearts. I do AE. Wow. Uh, so that's that's the news segment done. Happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. Happy uh, birthday. Enjoy your beer. On my 21st birthday, I uh, drank an AMF to start the night, and I don't remember anything else. So I hope it's like that for you, Kingdom Hearts. I also don't remember my 21st birthday, but in a probably nothing of any interest <laughs> happened type <laughs> way. <laughs> I had to write a paper that I was supposed to be working on the entire quarter the next day, and I was not able to look at my computer until 2 p.m. That sounds fun. Yeah. I did finish it, and I still got a 4.0, so, you know, whatever. There you go. Yeah. Everything works out in the end. It does. Especially Mufasa's death. The first thing that we see in this viewing. (laughs) Yeah, this is the stuff I didn't like as much. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't like... The uh, not very good recreation of an iconic scene from an iconic movie. Well, especially not just a smash cut to it as well. Um, with like, I don't yeah, think we needed to see it. I don't think we did, no. I can't imagine anyone was playing this who would have been confused. <laughs> so this Simba guy, he's sad about something. What is his, what's his deal? Yeah, he couldn't have just like... The thing is, if he'd said out loud, my dad died, I wouldn't have understood that. So I'm glad I got to see it again. <laughs> he wakes up in the middle of the night. My dad died! <sighs> <sighs> I like that better, actually. I would. I wish it did that. <laughs> yeah, we, we start with uh, a very unnecessary flashback to Mufasa's death. Um, they did have a similar problem here to the uh, Lion King remake where they just couldn't quite figure out how to make Simba not look happy. Yes, yeah, it was very... Yeah, he just kind of looks like nonplussed that his dad died. <laughs> you know, in the in the animated movie, you can squash and stretch that face and make him do a little lion frown all you want. But in this, uh, it's a cute little lion cub smiling so big as his dad is trampled to death. <laughs> So when the scene started, I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm excited to see what the Kingdom Hearts version of the scene is. Maybe the Wildebeest are a bunch of Heartless. 
or maybe Scar is up there, but he's got a heartless on his shoulder. But no, it's just <laughs> the scene from the movie. <laughs> well, we know from Kingdom Hearts 1 that Simba was already an adult man lion uh, when that game happened because he was a summon. Right. He fought alongside Sora. So it would have been a, a pretty huge twist if Scar had chronologically been the first heartless user. Well, he is a lion, so him being an adult, it's really not that many years. It could still work in the in the timeline. That's true. The timeline is pretty weird. Um, I mean, we do get some some scar twists later. Yeah, I'm assuming some stuff happens that is not in the video, uh, but we'll get to it. Uh, you might be wrong, but we'll we'll. I look okay. forward to finding out what you saw. Okay. Uh, Simba wakes up. He was just having a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Sora, Donald, and Goofy arrive in the hyena, the hyena zone of the Pride Lands. They are a, a little lion, a turtle for Goofy, of course, and a bird that isn't a duck, but is a bird. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Is he supposed to be, like, an egret? I wasn't really sure what he was supposed to be. Uh, he was supposed to be a bird of paradise. Oh, okay. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Zazu wasn't in this. Couldn't get Rowan. Oh, yeah. That's weird. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, no Zazu. That is strange. I was actually kind of surprised at how big the cast is, because usually they try to, like, strip these down to, like, maybe four or five NPCs per world. There's, like, 20 guys here. Yeah, I, that's the thing I like about, in general, this whole section we watched. You got a lot of guys. You got a lot of guys. It's a it's a nice change of pace, especially after, like, Agrabah, which I think had four characters. Yeah, they had to sacrifice all the characters in Agrabah so they could put them here. <laughs> yeah, they used up a, a lot of the uh, polygon budget on the, the lion models, seemingly. Speaking of lion models, they definitely did some work on Sora's sick-ass lion model. He looks really badass. He's the most badass of the lion. He definitely makes me think of the lion from Lion King, too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Kovu? Who could who could say? Or is Kovu from the from the TV show? I don't know. I loved Lion King, too. I, I'm surprised I can't remember his name. Yeah, I said who could say as if everyone else didn't really care about that movie, but I'm sure the internet loved that movie and also children. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It's I, It's been a long time for some reason since I watched Lion King, too. Yeah, the one with the kind of badass lion. Yeah. Uh, Goofy, I did think it was funny that Goofy is a turtle again, because he is also a turtle in Atlantica, which we did also watch this time. Believe he must be like a Saharan-spined tortoise, maybe? Sure. Yeah. He loves it, though. He, he looks great. There's a little scene here. I, I didn't write it down because nothing really comes of it, but I think he teaches Sora how to move on four legs. Oh, that's great. I wish I had seen more of that. Which, I mean, you know, I guess that suggests that sometimes he walks around like a dog at home. <laughs> but he is a dog. He had to learn to walk on two, but he still knows how. <laughs> uh, when Miss, when Mrs. And Pluto when, is begging for the secret, and he's like, no, never. <laughs> when Mrs. Geef showed up, he decided to, you know, learn to walk on two legs from her. I mean, he I was basically know. walking on all fours in that picture where it looked like he was taking a shit on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the optimal position. Um, so Sora's really smart because the hyenas arrive and start talking to them, and Sora's like, "Oh no, the heartless!" Ah, uh, I mean, you know, if you, when you're in Kingdom Hearts world, you can just say the heartless, and you're right like eighty percent of the time. So it was a good <laughs> guess. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, they get away. It's fine. Uh, they find Nala, I think. Yep. So hard to tell. <laughs> These lions. I don't believe it was Sarabi. Uh, yeah. Nala is here. This was where, uh, on the on the subject of polygons, I was really surprised because everyone, when you pay attention to the faces in Kingdom Hearts, you, you notice there's two two models for every face. The one where the mouth just goes bat 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 and it's a sprite, and the fully the fully fleshed out, rigged up face model, right? Where your where your muscles move and such. And I was very surprised that they gave Nala a fully animated lion head. Yeah, no, she looks great. This part this part looks good. I like I like what's going on here with the animation at least. Yeah, uh, and Sora summons his keyblade in his mouth to defend her from some heartless. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love seeing an animal with a sword in its mouth, so it, it's all good. He's going Zoro mode. Yeah. Uh, so they she mentions the Pride Lands afterward, and Sora asks if Riku, the organization, or Pete are there, and she says no, which is a lie. Right. Well, she doesn't really know who Pete is. <laughs> she doesn't know who Pete is. She she's like uh, Pete. I don't a, a guy in a big jumpsuit. No, there's no one like that. There is a really weird thing. Yeah, there's this lion, I guess. I'm not sure what it is. He's like a lion or maybe a goat. Or, yeah, or maybe just an affront to God and all of its creatures. <laughs> He's like if you put a cat into Google Translate and translated it to goat and then back to cat. He's like if a cat and a a sad man and a lion all had like a teleporting accident. That's what he looks like. <laughs> But no, there was no guy named Pete, so I think I think no. that's probably not who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Sora uh, begins uh, his machinations. He he's he's plotting. <laughs> yeah, he's immediately he recognizes he's in Hamlet, and he realizes it's time to grab the throne. Well, he's always had that crown necklace, oh, and we've yeah. never known why. But it turns out it's because Sora he just can't wait to be king. That's right. Oh, is he going to come after Mickey's throne? <laughs> At the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, there everything is all the problems are solved. They're in the throne room. Mickey's in the throne. Sora is standing next to him. They smile at each other and then Sora says, "Time to topple you off your throne, you fucking rat." See, I feel like it's like, you know, Mickey, Donald Goofy, they're all celebrating and then they turn around and Sora's just sitting in the throne looking at them, legs crossed. And then, I don't know, he presses a button and Mickey goes into a hole. I don't know. It's funny because you basically just described one of the weirdest pieces of official Kingdom Hearts fan art that's come out of the last few years where Sora is sitting in a big throne and looking slightly evil. Wait, huh? I'll pull, it, it, this will be very easy to find. Wait, you say official or fan art? Official. Oh, man. I was just joking with you about evil Sora. I don't want there to be evil Sora. Well, see, here's the thing. This image has no context, and I I don't know why. I think it is oh, maybe the... This is just a Nomura chair. That's just a chair for Nomura. That's not a throne. <laughs> like, you think so? Yeah, he is no. wearing a literal crown. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that's a weird thing, though, actually, because I think, I think the crown is, like, a, a thing that you can get in, like, the final mix versions for completing some something or other you can get a crown that you can wear i've never actually known how people can do that but i've seen videos of people with crowns on sora i don't know what it is he's gonna be the king of kingdom hearts eventually i assume 
I have to assume that that's what that's building up to. Yeah, it's what you get when you commit regicide on <laughs> in the secret mission in Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Gonna, uh, off the podcast, pull up the footage and compare this throne that soars into Mickey's throne. I don't think they're very similar. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway... Sora Sora starts making designs upon uh, Scar's throne and says, I, th- I think that I can be the king. I, I, I will usurp him. And Nala has to tell him, uh, no. No, no way. Or no, it's, it's Rafiki. They go, to, they go to Pride Rock and Rafiki like walks over to Nala and just like takes one look at Sora and like whispers something to her. And she's like, I'm sorry, Sora. You can't beat Scar. Because whoever beats Scar will become the king, and you just don't have the right qualities. Also, you're a little boy in a lion costume. <laughs> it's Sora and Riku in a two-person lion costume. <laughs> that would be better. I would I would like that. Uh, the, the hyenas show up to Pride Rock to stop them from leaving, and Scar is here, and Pete is here, and Pete looks really bad, and then Pete just, like, eats shit. He just falls off Pride Rock and, like, smashes his face into the ground. I feel so bad for this guy. Won't somebody please just help Pete? Well, I was... We were talking about this off the podcast. Yeah. Sora should just kill him. Yeah, he loves to kill everyone else, but no, he must leave Pete alive to suffer. Once you know that Sora loves to kill people, and I have the tally right here, Sora has killed... Five named characters and many of Barbosa's crew. I guess four named characters, considering that two of them were both Oogie Boogie. But right. it's weird that he just doesn't kill Pete. Yeah, I think that he just likes to see him in pain. I mean, Pete has the most bummer catchphrase of all time, which is, My back! <laughs> <laughs> Won't someone free me from this suffering? <laughs> Sora's like, never! No! You were- <laughs> I'm gonna specifically make sure to hit you in the back whenever I fight you. Oh, come on! He's got a big glowing red spot on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pete, just kill him. <laughs> I feel so b- yeah. I- b- banish Pete again. It would be better, <laughs> but not not uh, not to punish him. To he needs to be put into protection from Maleficent and even more so Sora. Yeah, yeah. Just leave this poor old man alone. <laughs> uh, they escape from Pride Rock. Uh, Sora asks if there's anyone else who could be the king, and Nala says, "Well." Prince Simba could do it, but he died. And Sora says, no, he didn't. He was a summon in the last game. Or the game before the last game, I guess. People should question this more. They just kind of let it stand. And they're like, oh, great, good. <laughs> what does he actually say? I think he just says, like, oh, we we met him before or something like that. We fought, I think we fought together, I think. We yeah. fought together in Hollow Bastion, mm-hmm. where I'm a human. Uh, then we go to Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, they did get... Uh, Pumbaa's voice actor, but they have a sound alike for Timon. A lot of sound alikes in Pride Lands, which Did is not fine. sound a lot alike. I would say <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's all right. Yeah, there's only one. I think Lane. I think he's like the official, not Nathan Lane. Got it. Okay, he's uh, fine. I did want to shout out the maybe it's just because Lion King has such an iconic musical identity with all those hit songs that we all remember. Yeah, but. 
This was the world so far in the game that most struck me in terms of they are playing the wrong music. Yeah, no, I have a note that it's very weird seeing Simba being sad to, like, Kingdom Hearts music. Yes, especially uh, because this this track here that you're referring to really, really set my brain alarms off. Uh, this track is called Missing You. I will pipe it in here. Like, this is a song that plays, like, when Kyrie sends the letter in the bottle out to Sora as she tries to remember him. That's the kind of music we're talking about here. It's very strange to have th- that song playing while Timon and Pumbaa are in the background like, Hey, Hakuna Matata! <laughs> well, we literally get a scene where they're doing Hakuna Matata and it's dead silent behind them doing That Hakuna. was so fucking weird. Uh, they're all also, da- they're dancing and there's no music. <laughs> also, uh, Simba does the thing where he like slumps down onto the like flower petals and they fly out across the screen. But in this one, they spelled out Syx, which I thought was really weird. Oh, no. Simbax. <laughs> uh, did you get the scene where Nala teaches Sora how to long jump? I did get that, yes. <laughs> I was surprised that that one was voiced. Yeah, well, it's really important to the lore. Yeah, this is character growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of his yeah. long jump record. Yeah, when, well, you need to know this because later he challenges Riku to a long jump contest and he wins. <laughs> I learned this trick from Nala from Lion King. Riku says, what? <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> what do you think? Same thing as last time. Going on <laughs> yeah, adventures. Basically, basically the exact same thing as last time, but with less justification, Riku. Why do you ask? <laughs> right. The same adventure, but more meandering. I think I said adventure. That's okay. Uh, Rafiki catches those flower petals and he smells them and he says, Yeehaw, Simba's alive. I was actually surprised that he was voiced here because we didn't hear him in the first scene, which made me think that he was not going to be. Yeah, no, I thought, yeah, I thought maybe he was just going to like point ominously and stuff, but yeah, he is voiced there. I think this is a scene in the movie. I don't remember. It's been a long time. Uh, I legitimately, I probably have watched Lion King 2 more recently than Lion King 1. I don't think that's true for me, but. Fair enough. So they they cross the jungle, and they find Simba. And he's being attacked by Heartless that look like birds wearing boxing gloves. Yeah, I like these little guys. Love these little guys. Uh, and he sees Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill these guys. These are definitely <laughs> no friends of mine. Right. But they fucking are. And he's like, what the hell? And he kind of just rolls with it. Yeah, he should only be wanting to eat bugs at this time anyway. He shouldn't be wanting to eat um, bird and, and tortoise. He's probably just trying to protect his friends from the little lion that came up. I suppose so. Uh, or or it's like a, now that you've found me, I can't let you leave alive. <laughs> Could be that. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm in hiding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the only time ever that... A character who meets Sora, Donald, and Goofy in one form and counters them in a different form. He really is just okay with it. Yeah, he has no questions about it. There's like, Simba, it's us. And he, he like has a little vision where he's like, wait a minute. And he, he sees them as the animals. And he sees them as two animals and a boy. And he's like, oh, it's you guys. And they're like, yep. And he's like, well, that's good. Good to see you again. Maybe I needed I mean- to get glasses last time. I don't know. 
I'm fine. They don't spend more time on it, but yeah, it's a bit goofy. <laughs> uh, Nala is about to eat Timon and Pumbaa. I think this happens in the movie. Uh, they they defuse the situation. Simba and Nala excuse themselves to go have lion sex. And Missing You plays again, which was even weirder the second time. So Nala asks Simba to come back. He says he can't because Hakuna Matata means that life is suffering. Right. He says like Hakuna Matata means that bad shit happens and there's nothing you can do about it. So give up. That's from the movie. Is it? I felt yeah. like it probably was, but it sounded so depressing. Yeah, no, he's just kind of a depressing dude in the movie. Yeah. That's sad. Well, this is the part where the others march in as if they are doing the Hakuna Matata musical number, but there's no music. Yeah. They just march in, they're strutting their stuff, going, Hakuna Matata! Matata. <laughs> to dead silence. It's so weird. It, it's the weirdest part, I, I think, that we've had in a while. It makes me wonder, that and the unfitting music makes me wonder if they thought they would have Lion King music for this world. Oh, for sure. They thought they would have it, and then some lawyer said, no fucking way. <laughs> like You spent $100 million uh, on uh, Under the Sea. We don't have money for Hakuna Matata. Yeah. You would think that they wouldn't need to pay for it, but well, Disney works in mysterious ways. Yeah. They had to pay Alton John, I guess, maybe. They had to pay to unlock the Disney vault for the archive audio of James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, fucking maybe. I don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> we we get the scene. Simba is pitying himself, looking off the cliff. Uh, Mufasa appears in the sky. He says, remember who you are and all that good stuff. Uh, Simba says, okay, I do. And Sora gets uh, the Lion King Keyblade, which is weird timing. He usually gets it at the end of the world. I don't know why that happened. That doesn't matter, but it's true. Write that down. Uh, they go and they confront Scar. And Scar, I think this happens in the movie that Scar, like, tells everyone that Simba killed Mufasa. That's right, because Simba didn't see it. That's right. That's right. Yep. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I did. I did. It's my fault. But then he goes back on that and says, just kidding. It was actually me. I killed Mufasa. Ha 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 ha. Uh, there's a very stupid part here where you have to do like, uh, Timon and Pumbaa are being attacked by the hyenas and you have to like do a little escort fight, which sucks in the middle of this. But once that's over, they go up to the top of Pride Rock where, where, uh, Simba and Scar are like circling each other. And Donald is like, I'm going to fuck that guy up. And Sora has to physically hold Donald back. And he's like, no. This is Simba's fight. Well, I mean, Sora just had the bloodlust. Well, Sora wanted to be king. That's why he wanted to do this, huh? No, it was it was Sora. Sora was restraining Donald. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. I had a, I did skip through this part kind of quick because I was behind today. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, and also it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, sure. This is a self-contained Disney world. It has no bearing on anything that will ever happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like the slow motion, like, boxing footage between the lions. Well, that is from the movie. I remember that being a big deal. It was oh def God, it was definitely like was. a tech demo-y thing that Disney was doing in that movie. <laughs> uh, Simba hucks Scar off the cliff, which I do remember. Uh, I don't remember, though, the part where Pete shows up and says uh, that Scar is a heartless now, so welcome to the Pride Lands of Darkness. Yeah, he goes, Anger and jealousy turning the king of Pride Rock into a heartless. <laughs> 
I was really confused at this part, and a lot of people have been, because Scar climbs back up the rock, and he's not like a Heartless. He's not like Monster Scar. He's just Scar. Like, in the fight, oh. he's, like, talking and taunting you with words. Okay, okay, that's that's the thing I thought that maybe I didn't get to see, was, like, how he turned into a big monster after the cutscene was over. Nope. Hmm. No, this is a real weird anomaly in Kingdom Hearts. There's no other instance of anything like this except some Seeker of Darkness. I guess Scar's heart is just that strong. Well, see, that's the question. I The way I see it, and I, I, I did check the Japanese cutscene to see if maybe it was a weird localization issue, but no. Pete does say very explicitly, he has become a Heartless. Um... There's basically two possibilities for what happened here. Number one, Scar is one of the most evil, powerfully-hearted, dark-hearted villains in the universe, on par only with Ansem's Seeker of Darkness, such that he was able to retain his own form and consciousness upon heartlessification, which would also suggest that there is a powerful nobody out there named Scrax. Oh, yeah. Or I want to meet, meet Scrap. I want to see Scar in a robe. Or Pete was wrong. Pete would never be wrong. He's very smart, so I don't. Th- I think we can rule that one out. Yeah, it can't be that. I mean, Scar murdered his own brother. That's pretty fucking evil. Um, it I'm, is very evil. I'm down with the theory that he, yeah, he's just as evil as Ansem. I, I could buy that. You think that in Kingdom Hearts Four we're going to meet Scrax the Nobody? Yeah, definitely. He's okay. actually the main, he's the main villain in Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> All right, well there's the crackpot corner for today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I honestly as a person who is always saying that the Disney worlds need to have more significance to the main story, I am all for Scrax coming back and being like the new organization mascot or something. Yeah, like, you know, what if Kingdom Hearts 4 was Sora confronting all of the nobodies of the Disney villains he's murdered at different times. <laughs> it's 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 all coming home to ro- to roost. He's got um, oh man, how would you do Maleficent? Mm-hmm. I guess Malkslificent <laughs> and Ugixi Bugixi. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Maleficent probably has too many consonants. This is the thing. This is yeah. the secret of of nobody names of organization member names is that it gets really hard if you don't have enough vowels. If you look at all of the organization members' names, they're all like Alias, Ienzo, Lee with an E-A, Evan, because you can only have so many consonants before the name doesn't work anymore. Yeah, the name's gotta be short or lots of vowels. There's usually two or three diphthongs. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, not... I, yeah, there's no way we'll ever get Scrax, but we should. We should get Scrax. I'm I'm gonna get Scrax. Uh, I'll I'll write a fanfic if need be. Um, I think that what happened here is, and I don't know if it was on the writing side or the character side. I think someone got heartless, conflated with corrupted by darkness. You know, we saw Clayton get corrupted by darkness, and he unlocks big scary powers and he flies around on an invisible heartless you didn't see the boss fight but scar who is supposedly a heartless is like shooting lightning bolts at them and stuff it it definitely seemed more like a clayton situation for sure 
I think that's what was intended, but Pete said that he was a heartless. I personally like to believe that Pete is just stupid and he was just wrong about what happened here. But it's also possible that Scrax is out there waiting for us. One can hope. But either way... Scrax will see you out there in the in the space between someday. Someday. Either way, Sora's kill count goes up by one. Uh, yeah. Uh, he They kill Scar or his Heartless. Simba roars in triumph. Uh, Mufasa's ghost pops up to give him a thumbs up. <laughs> did you catch... I, I did catch a few thumbs up. Did you catch them? I did not, no. Oh, man. I think I think I've got at least one, uh, but I'll I'll keep an eye out in my notes for when they happened. Um, Sora opens the next gateway, and I feel like they spent too much time working to animate him holding the keyblade in his tail for this scene, and they forgot that the gateway is supposed to spawn from some kind of item because <laughs> it just doesn't. Okay, I was confused by this. I thought that Mufasa was literally the item that spawned the gateway. Maybe. It's possible I just missed it, but I, I didn't see any item spawning the gateway. Yep. Anyway, the gateway does spawn. Uh, Simba and friends say goodbye to Timon and Pumbaa, but not Simba because he's busy? Yeah, him and Nala are off uh, together still, I guess. Doing, doing what has to be done yeah. uh, to secure the, the lineage. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> end of Pride Rock is very strange. <laughs> yeah. Because Pumbaa is worried because he's like, we are here with the king now, but he's not here. And there's all these hungry lions that have been starving under Scar's rule. And now that we're not protected by the king, the lions might come and get us. And he gets really scared and he runs off screaming. And Sora, who was seemingly watching a different cutscene, goes, You can never forget your true buddies. He was just thinking about something else. <laughs> he was completely checked out. Yeah. yeah. He's been a lion for two hours and he's completely like lost sight of the, the plight of the, the humble warthog. Yeah. Do you think it's like being an animorph where you've got your uh, um, like animal brain constantly trying to take over your human brain? <laughs> so Pumbaa is like freaking out and he's like, I don't want to get eaten. And all that Sora hears is just like. Come and get me, Sora. Yeah, Sora's uh, like, oh yeah, I will eat pig. you. And Sora's like, oh, I would like to eat you, but man, you can never forget your true buddies. Especially when you eat them, and they become part of you forever. Uh, the next thing that happens, and this actually would have happened way earlier in the game, but uh, there's a little out of, outer space cutscene in the gummy ship where it just starts flying itself, and it flies them to Hollow Bastion. Uh, I think this happens the first time you finish a Disney World in this. But oh, okay. It takes you to Merlin's house, and we learn that he summoned them because he found the Winnie the Pooh book. And uh, we they find him, like, on the ground having gotten his ass kicked by Heartless, and he explains that he had to hold back because he was afraid of damaging the book. Yeah, to yeah, that's absolutely it, Merlin. Totally. We yeah. Oh no, I get it. You just you could have done too much damage. That's right. That's why you didn't fight. Someday we'll get a scene of Merlin showing off his powerful magic, and it's going to be really cool. No, it's like my my hands are registered weapons, so I, I just <laughs> I can't I can't fight because then I'll go to I jail. I misplaced my license to kill. I I mixed it up with my Hollow Bastion Restoration Committee honorary membership card. And I only shit my pants because I've been training so hard. So <laughs> to shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm actually going for a world record. 
<laughs> oh, fastest, no. fastest time to shit pants. <laughs> Wait, I'm okay. No, explain that to me. So Merlin, well, he's lying. Oh, okay. But he's he's claiming that the reason he shit his pants is because he's going for the world record for the fastest time to shit your pants. I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. Uh, is okay. I don't want to delve into this further, so fine. Well, that's that's sort of the plan with Merlin. He's like they're not going to ask any questions. Yeah. True. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I've got one. Uh so Merlin, he's like I'm going to go get Leon and then we can mm-hmm. all check out the book together and I can read to you like in the good old days. And he teleports away and Sora's like, "Oh, I'm going to go in. Fuck that. I'm just I'm just going." And Donald holds the book up, and Goofy starts to say, Oh, Sora, wait. But Sora's like, No problem. And he gives Goofy a thumbs up. Okay, That's number so one. Ding, thumbs up. <laughs> uh, he goes into the book. He sees Winnie the Pooh. Uh, but then time, like, stops within the book, and Sora gets launched out. And it turns out that the Heartless are attacking. That's what Goofy was trying to tell Sora, but he was too excited to see Pooh again. I don't get really why he's so excited to see Pooh all the time. I mean, I like Pooh. Sora just, I guess he did, he just forges friendships way faster than I can, I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, you know, he's, Pooh is like, he's the, he's the optional, like, break world. You get to go, you're having a, a stressful journey. Your friend has betrayed you and he tried to kill you. And then you just get to go back and do mini games with Pooh. That's true. I, I really like Bond. I did really like the way they animated Sora getting booted out of um, Pooh's world. It, it <laughs> the thing it really made me think of is the Animatrix, where the kids find the gl- the glitch neighborhood because <laughs> he just I like seen it because Pooh just like freezes and then he gets launched out. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird uh, and it looked very funny considering that Winnie the Pooh is on screen. Yeah, I mean, because it, it just looked it looked like a simulation breaking, which I guess is going to be a bunch of Kingdom Hearts in the future, but that's not actually what was happening. <laughs> or was it? I mean, maybe. It, it, it's not a book, uh, kind of like a simulation. You know, when through the power of literature, you can open a humble book and be whisked away into a simulation of any situation you can imagine. That's right swashbuckling adventures on the high seas or just pushing a silly little bear on a swing books have it all uh this has been sponsored by books this episode is brought to you by books uh i haven't read one but been meaning to get around to it they sound great (laughs) books they sound great (laughs) uh so they fight off the heartless but, uh-oh, the book was damaged in the fight. Oh, no. Because like so many things in Kingdom Hearts, a lot of the stuff that happens is just contrivances to repeat the the plot structure of the first game. So wouldn't you know it, the pages are all scattered around the different worlds and you gotta collect them. Well, you're not allowed to make a game without collectibles at this time period, so get collected. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, we're watching this all in one go. So Sora has collected all the pages now. Good times. Uh, remember those when he got them? That was awesome. Yeah. Sora just took a time out and went and got all the pages. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> so Sora jumps back into the book 
this is before any of the pages are, are restored. And he finds Pooh sitting where he was before time froze. And Pooh says, hi, who the fuck are you? Yeah, this makes Sora very sad. Pooh is, I, I mean, he's right to be sad because Pooh is very passive aggressive to him. Even when Pooh remembers him later on, he can, he continues to be incredibly passive aggressive. He exclusively calls him somebody I don't know. And I know that's like Pooh being like a silly, a silly old bear. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when, when they've just met, it's one thing, but we'll get to like almost the end. And Sora's been hanging out with Pooh all this time. And Pooh's just like, oh, thank you for your help. Somebody I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Ask him his name, Pooh. Come on. I mean, he's just like a little passive aggressive guy because he's just like, oh, I guess you have better things to do than to hang out with me and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that that last scene, poor Pooh. It's it's a little sad. Uh, it's a little sad. So basically, the the pattern of what goes on here is, uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, Merlin Merlin shows up in the middle of this, and uh, he says it's time to have page collectibles again. And he said he refers to the book as one of the world's most cherished elements. Hmm. And he says, uh, "Let's not tell Leon about this. Actually, he doesn't need to know." <laughs> this is his favorite book. If you asked Pooh, he would tell you that Leon is his best friend. Leon goes into the book all the time. <laughs> I would love to watch Leon go in the book, sort of like trying not to let on how like nostalgic he's being he's like on the verge of tears the whole time and he's just like yeah okay yeah i mean like whatever he's just like a little bear or something i don't know yeah i guess i can help you collect honey and meanwhile he's just like excusing himself to go cry (laughs) (laughs) uh so here's what happens after you collect all the pages uh Basically, the gist of it is, each page, you meet a different character, Pooh doesn't remember them, you do a mini-game, Pooh remembers them, and Sora says, hi, what about me? And then Pooh says, fuck no. Is this fun? Is is this fun? Is this fun to play? I don't remember. I think the mini-games are better in two than they were in one, but I can't say for sure. It's not great to watch, but it... I was like, maybe this is fun to play. Yeah, it's pretty repetitive to watch, but obviously, the I mean, it's important to keep in mind, you're expected to do this over the course of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to see Pooh get his butt stuck in Rabbit's house. Um, yeah, he because he had forgotten, he did do it again. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as good if he doesn't get it, antlers put into his butt and a face drawn on it. I don't care. Yeah. We get... I know we get one new character. Was it just Gopher? You could, uh, was Owl in the in the first game? Owl was in the first game. But I don't know if he was in any of the cutscenes, because I think he was just, like, the tutorial character in the first game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Gopher is the only other new character. We did get Gopher. I do like to hear him in his funny whistling when he talks. Yeah, that's always very good. Um, Let's see. Do I have anything to actually say about any of these? Because a lot of them are not really that interesting. Uh, there's the one where uh, Eeyore has an idea. Or no, is it Piglet? Piglet has an idea. Piglet says, like, maybe Pooh forgot all of us because he's just so hungry. And Eeyore <laughs> is like, 
I can get him some honey. Even though he has no belief that this will work, but he still leads them to Rabbit's honey collection. Yeah, he, he He's just a little shit stirrer. Well, he just wants to feel something, and he's hoping that watching him do <laughs> that to Rabbit's honey will make him feel something. <laughs> Rabbit is very, very amenable to this, though. When he sees what happened and that Pooh has eaten all of his honey, he's like, Oh no, Pooh ate all my honey! And they're like, he for- he lost all of his memories, we think this might help. And Rabbit's like, oh, okay, let me get you some more honey then. Yeah, Pooh has great friends. I'm- he does have great friends. I, I mean, uh, I'm, pers- I'm a big Pooh fan. I watched a lot of Pooh growing up, and he's a good little guy. So Yeah. I was never really sure why uh, Rabbit needed all that honey anyway, because he's a, a rabbit. <laughs> well, he. this is the thing. I wrote down in my notes that it was like his honey stash. But yeah. I did clarify later, we, we do learn it's not his stash. It is specifically his collection. Oh, oh, he's just <laughs> he's just collecting good, vin- like, vintages of, of honey. Yeah, he's going to sell them eventually. Now, now, this is a good year here. <laughs> the bees were really on the top of their game. They were really on their bee game. Yeah. Huh? Uh. Sort of a bee movie style joke. It is sort of a, I mean, it's, it's, you know what? It's as funny as the bee movie. Yay. My greatest achievement. <laughs> I can now become one of the six bee movie writers. Yeah, they, I mean, they could use another one. Get it in there. I only had six. Uh, so Pooh, again, he's, he's remembering characters as this goes. He remembers Rabbit. He remembers Eeyore. Next, we go to Kanga and Rue, who offer him some unspecified medicine. Hmm. Yeah, I wondered about that. It's just that old-timey brown glass bottle style of medicine that we know and love. Yeah, it's laudanum. <laughs> it's laudanum. <laughs> so, Pooh, you know what will clear your memory problems right up is some is this snake oil. Oh, really? The guy who sold it to me said it's good for what ails you. Hmm, <laughs> think, think, think. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Tigger, though, he sees the medicine and says, oh, is that a gift for me? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I identify with Tigger. I get it. People are always giving me medicine for no reason. Uh, I like the part where Tigger, he obviously he tries to jog Pooh's memory with bouncing. What else was going to happen? Uh, and he asks Pooh, like, oh, did did you remember anything? And Pooh is like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, Tigger. And Tigger is so despondent that he just, like, throws the medicine onto the ground. Like, <laughs> fuck this medicine. <laughs> I don't even want it. I didn't even want it in the first place. I don't know why you bought this for me. Uh, but the joke is that Pooh is just so clueless. He didn't know what Tigger was asking. Of yeah. course he remembers Tigger from Bounce. Oh. But now the most important part, it's the meme moment. Did you like seeing the meme moment? What's the meme moment? Uh, the gif of Pooh's ghost leaving his body. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I did like that. I thought he was going off to see Hufflumps and Woozles, but that didn't happen. <laughs> it's funny because you see that gif out of context and you're like, probably the context will make it make sense. No. Was there, was there not gameplay after that? Nope. Uh, this is literally just Pooh goes to sleep on the floor for the night, and he has a dream, uh, and in the dream he remembers 
everyone's saying goodbye to Sora in Kingdom Hearts 1, but he doesn't see Sora's face, and he's like, oh, I wonder who that is. Oh, well, I'm sleepy. I'll remember tomorrow. Which, to be fair, he does. Okay, well, because, like, I think the Pooh's ghost flying out of his body thing is a thing that happens in Heffalumps and Woozles. That's... Okay. That's how his, like, consciousness leaves his body to then be horribly, horribly, horribly haunted by Heffalumps and Woozles. Um, <laughs> You're it, clearly it, a lot more familiar with Winnie the Pooh than I, I am. If you, you should go watch Heffalumps and Woozles after this and uh, understand my childhood trauma. <laughs> I, I definitely remember liking Winnie the Pooh. I just don't remember. I don't know if I had, like, books? I don't really have a lot of memories of, like, some of the characters that we see here. Like... I I very vaguely remember Gopher, for example. He's not he's not he's not in it very often. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just a long time ago. I don't know. This is this is the weird thing. I feel like a lot of people experience Kingdom Hearts and they're having like so much nostalgia for all the Disney stuff, and I'm just one of those people who like kind of moved on with my life. I do really like the idea though that every time Pooh goes to sleep, he experiences his body his spirit leaving his body. And it isn't just when he's going to be haunted by Heffalumps and Woozles. <laughs> Every time. Also, again, he does sleep in the middle of the floor. Just sitting on the floor. Well, he's he already has made, a bed, I'm pretty sure. He's made of stuffing. And so he's, he's already He's made soft. of stuffing. Yeah. The next day, uh, they go to a spooky cave. And nothing in particular happens, but they're very afraid of jaculars. Which you should be, yeah. This is like an escort mini game where you have to like keep everyone's courage meter up. Oh, it's pretty no. cute. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's fun to play, probably not, but it's it's a cute idea. Yeah, that is fun, but probably bad. Um but There's they never... find Pooh in the fucking lightsaber crystal cave. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I was gonna ask, I was like, this has to be from a specific Pooh cartoon or something. It's just in the crystal caverns. That one probably is, but I did not recognize it. (laughs) Oh, I was just getting a kyber crystal for my lightsaber. Uh, I was, uh, I'm turning into a false C, is that the the Final Fantasy XIII thing? I think it is. Anyway. (laughs) Uh... So he's he's sitting there on a big crystal throne, uh, trying to remember. He's like, I made an important promise to a friend of mine, but I don't know where he is. And I'm worried that he might have been eaten by a jaguar. And Kanga, Kanga is like, Pooh, with all due respect, is it possible that Sora is that friend? And Pooh is like, oh... <laughs> And Sora does give Pooh a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess Nomura just really likes a good thumbs up. He just, he learned about the thumbs up before making this game. And he was like, we got to fill this fucker with thumbs up. Uh, I, I did think it was very cute how Sora leads Pooh out of the cave holding his hand. Love to see it. It was cute. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the hill where they said goodbye last time, and Pooh's head is inexplicably stuck in a honey jar. I don't know why that happened. That's just what he does. It's just his favorite thing. Uh, and yeah, this is the part where where Pooh, you know, some might say passive-aggressive. I say he's supposed to be like a little baby boy. Uh, he's, he's very, like, naively asking Sora, like, what... 
is is there any way that I can make it so that you don't leave? Yeah, it it was. I mean, I I felt that it was sort of passive aggressive. <laughs> Sora's like, I can visit every now and then, and Pooh is like, you know, what would be better than that is now and now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could you make it now and now instead? But yeah, Sora does the. Uh, I would argue also slightly passive aggressive thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not really. It's just, it's very like, it's very childy. Childish mm-hmm. is the actual word. Mm. It's very childish. He's like, Pooh, I'll always be with you in your heart so you can see me anytime you want. Meanwhile, I, a 30 year old man almost, <laughs> am watching this like, he's not in there. You can't see him. Pooh. Come on. You're really believing that shit? Well, when, po- when Pooh's ghost leaves his body at night, maybe he will go see Sora. <laughs> Pooh, I'll always be floating above your house waiting for you to astral project. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Everyone else shows up and they all they all promise to keep Sora in their hearts. It's very sweet. Sora gets up and he leaves. And they all wave goodbye, and the book closes, and it's restored, and the heartless slash mark goes away, and there's a new cover of Sora looking up at the stars with Pooh, which is very cute, but also a little weird, considering that on the previous cover, it was like Sora, Piglet, Pooh, and Tigger, but now it's just Sora and Pooh. (laughs) It's the only one that matters. I do. I I honestly feel like it would have been better if it was like all of them. I feel like it's weird to be like, yeah, especially because this one you spent more time with all the characters too. Yeah, this is all for Pooh. Everyone else, get out of here. Uh, but now it's time for the main event. This is what everyone's been waiting for. It's Atlantica. Yeah, I like this part. So you didn't know that it was going to be a musical? No, I did not. And I was, um, I wasn't on board at first, but it it I warmed up to it by the end. Well, you say you weren't on board with it at first. Is that possibly because the first song is one of the worst songs ever written? That and that there was no music behind it, yeah. No music behind it, what? Oh, well, okay. Well, so, I don't know if it's the first song, but Ariel sings her song to Eric's corpse, and there's no music behind it while she's singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that that is... Yeah, okay, so Ariel finds Prince Eric floating in the water... His ship crashed or whatever happened in the movie. And yeah, she like takes him to the beach to save him. And she like sings part of your world to him while he's unconscious. Um, that I don't remember. I've I've only seen The Little Mermaid once. So I don't remember very much about it. Maybe this happened. I don't know. But Flotsam and Jetsam are watching and they say we will be evil about this. That all basically happens. I don't think she sings over Eric's body though. I think... I think there is a thing, though, where he, like, remembers her voice. I think it's important that he hears her but doesn't see her. He does hear her. I think she just does, like, the, um, the ah thing, maybe? She sings Let's All Go to the Lobby. Yeah, she does that. (laughs) That's correct. I've never heard such a beautiful voice that made me want to buy some snacks. Yeah. Uh, Sora and friends arrive in Atlantica, and... Flounder gives him a swimming tutorial because he forgot how to swim. And they say, would you like to participate in our musical? And Sora says, hell yeah, I will. And then they sing. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) One of the worst songs I've ever heard. Swim this way. Well, you don't like it when the song has like 
instructions on how to play the video game in it. (laughs) So here's the thing with this song. And we don't need to get too into the weeds of each individual song. But Swim This Way is very indicative of why this part of the game is so infamous. uh, Because the gameplay of it, and I, I was curious if you might have picked up on this just from watching it. I did. Yeah. The gameplay of it is that occasionally it will give you a prompt and you'll push a button and the better you time it, the better the like visual reaction you get is. I mean, my favorite lyric of all time is if you can't reach the target, just use magic. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of those moments. It's like Sora swims past like a like a crystal chandelier or something. Mm -hmm. And if you time it just right, he like shoots it with magic and it lights up really bright. And if you fail it, then he just like doesn't and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. They're, they're they're poo crystals. That's right. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that throughout all of these songs, there are things happening that are configured to have like one of three things play depending on your timing So you just get weird little moments, and I think this song is a great example of it, where Sebastian is like, all right, it's time for the drum solo, and then they sing, count him in so he'll know to begin to drum, drum, drum. Yeah. And if you time it right, he goes, and if you don't time it right, I think he just doesn't play the drums. (laughs) Is there, what happened, like... Do you not get like an elixir or something if if you don't do it right? Like, what's what's the penalty for not having um, to pay drums? I know that you need to get a high enough score to progress each song, or after each song, I should say. Oh, so you literally like, don't move on? Okay. Yeah, because because the well, it's weird because theoretically these are all rehearsals for the musical, but in like a High School Musical type way, these are also the performances. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the big finale is Ariel saying "Sha la la." <laughs> That's a good one. All right, uh, and it it also has the infamous phrase "Finny fun." What? How else would you describe what they're doing? <laughs> Any other way? Here's the thing that I think is the problem with this song because uh, the writer for Kingdom Hearts Two, Kazushige Nojima, mm-hmm. uh, has talked about this song in an interview. Uh, And he said, uh, this was a really hard song to write because he didn't know what the music was going to sound like. And it's really hard in his in his experience. I've never written a song, but he said he has a really hard time writing lyrics without music. And I think that that really shows from the way that there's just so many syllables in each line. Well, that's a pretty suboptimal way to write music. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like... Can you believe that shit? I'm asking you. Oh, no, I cannot believe this shit. You can't believe it. <laughs> the one good thing in this is that I do love to see Donald and Goofy dancing with fish. Yeah, I I ultimately just kind of like it, even if the song is bad. Because um, it gets past my big criticism of Sora not really being a part of it and he's just very much a part of everything going on here and that's good absolutely yeah and i i hate swim this way but i do like atlantica a lot of people hate it and say that it's like the worst thing that ever happened it's cheesy and it's fun well like in some ways i really i I think it's like this is maybe way more in line like if so if you just want to make 
the Disney World just the story of the Disney um, movie, then yeah, make Sora an active part of it, like with everything, including like recognizing that these are mostly musicals. And so, yeah. like, have Sora sing a little bit. That's cool. I don't know that I want to do QTEs to, like, make a, like, an octopus drum. But I do, like, I do, <laughs> I think I Why do not? want Sora to be a part of the whole Disney experience, which is what you got here, I think. Absolutely. And I, I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast. I am sincerely hoping for a high school musical world in a future game. Oh, that would be... Uh, what? So would it turn into live action? And Haley Joel Osment is there with the high school kids dancing around. <laughs> it's an I'm... FMV. Uh... Oh God! If it was that, see, I mean, that's too good for uh this. What what Disney would allow? But that would be the best thing in the world. <laughs> no, just a rhythm game. Uh, there's there's some plot ideas that I have for it, but they involve stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it will be fun when it happens in Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah. Um, so King Triton arrives and he says, Hey Sora, it's good to see you. I hope that you're not here to bring ruin like last time. Uh, thanks for not doing that, by the way. Uh, can you help stop my daughter thinking about life on the surface? And Sora's like, yeah, I'll take a crack at it. <laughs> I don't, does Sora respond to that? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he does. I think Triton just asks, and then we move on. Uh, Prince Eric, he's walking around on the beach, and he hears Ariel's voice traveling up from the water. And he looks around. And he's like, "Where are you? You're the girl who saved my life. Where are you?" Little does he know, she is in fact underwater. That's some powerful projection on her part. She's got great pipes. She's got great pipes. Uh, Ariel is very sad. And oh, this is a, okay. Ga- another gameplay note. Similar to 100 Acre Wood, and this is the reason that they put this here in the in the, in the the cutscene compilation, uh, this is another, like, optional world that you can, that you can go to throughout. Oh. And each time you do a song, there will be, like, a little thing that I don't, I don't think it was ever included in here, but it'll be like, oh man, there's, I wish that we could cheer up Ariel. Sora, do you have Magnet? Oh, do you have Thingamajig? Do you have Magnera? If you have Magnera, we can move this big statue. Oh, okay. Ariel looks very sad. She seems really cold. Do you have Fyraga? <laughs> uh, I like to get warmed up different ways than being lit on fire <laughs> by magic, personally. Ariel is trying to cook dinner, but she doesn't have anything to light the stove. Uh, Yeah, so... If if there's ever a part where uh, a song ends and then the next thing that happens seems really weird and out of nowhere, it usually means that Sora cast a spell that he got from a previous world to progress the story. Got it. Uh, so in this case, they have brought a statue of Prince Eric to Ariel's Grotto. Uh, she sings Part of Your World. There is another QTE moment that I wanted to specifically call out. Because there's this one part where Goofy swims up to a little treasure chest, and if you time it right, it opens, and it's full of little glittering gold pieces. And if you don't, nothing happens, and he just looks at a box. <laughs> I would like and to point out... that's why Atlantica is actually good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I would like to point out that Ariel at one point does the... What's the word? Feet! And she points it at his flippers. Flippers are not yeah. feet. They're I know. Not- it's really... They're not at all feet, but I do love to see her playing with Goofy. That's true. 
with with Goofy's adorable turtle form. Yeah, I wish he was the turtle all the time. That would be good. He's been a turtle more times than he's been a dog, but not more often. True. What if he was just Franklin the turtle? Oh, I loved Franklin the turtle. Yeah. But I also like Goofy. I don't want to lose Goofy. Why can't Franklin just show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's have Franklin <laughs> They can go world. to Franklin World. Disney they might all turn Fra- into children and go to elementary school with Franklin. Disney might own Franklin by now. <laughs> uh, the next song is Under the Sea. There's basically no plot to this one besides uh, Sebastian is like, we got to cheer up Ariel with a great show. Uh, the only thing I have to say about Under the Sea is that they, for some reason, decided uh, at the end of the song, Ariel does kind of get excited and join in. And they decided that Ariel needed to imitate Sebastian's patois and say Under Diwata. And I didn't care for that. Yeah, I mean, the patois is probably not authentic to begin with, but sure. No, it's I not. Can... But I, I do, it's extremely not authentic when Ariel does it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know why I, they told her to do that. I don't know what an Atlantic accent is, but it probably isn't that. Uh, it's a pirate accent. They're all pirates. It's a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> That's why it's hotter under the water. <laughs> so Ariel is not convinced. She says, actually, it's not better under the sea. Uh, and she leaves, and Sebastian grumbles to himself about how bad it is that Ariel's in love with a human from the surface, and uh-oh, Triton is right behind him, and he's got his crab cracker ready to go. He's like, I'm ready to be a bad dad, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crack you. <laughs> uh, you know, Triton is a bad dad, but I think he's kind of right about humans, really. I don't think We're not good. We're not good. Especially probably not human royalty. Extra bad. <laughs> Eric does not seem like a good man. Uh, Sora helps Ariel retrieve his pendant. Uh, uh, Eric's pendant, that is. Probably with some spell. Maybe Magnega. I don't know. Mm. Big magnet. I didn't know that was a spell, but I'm glad to learn. Me either. I might be making it up. Okay. Uh, Triton finds Ariel in her grotto thinking about returning the uh, pendant to Prince Eric, and he destroys the statue, almost killing Donald in the process. <laughs> That's from the movie, not the killing Donald part. <laughs> I remember him destroying the statue. I also weirdly do remember him killing Donald. Oh, that's that's just the fanfic. <laughs> <I would. laughs> um, we go to Ursula, who is alive somehow. Well, she was alive at this point in the movie. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure that she died in the first game, but we learned that she was actually only banished. So she is fine. Uh, and she says, hey, I've got a bag of legs, if you want a few. They fell off a truck. <laughs> Driver. Yeah, this one of her polyps probably gave it to her. <laughs> they fell off a mud flap on a truck. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's the movie. She signs the contract. She loses her voice. She grows the legs. Uh, Sora swims her up to the surface before she drowns. I assume that that means that in the movie she just drowns. Flounder does it by himself, I think, in the movie. <laughs> Damn, Flounder, that's impressive for a little guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Wow. He's that's that's that lifting a car adrenaline rush. That yeah, he is kind of like Ursula or not Ursula, he's kinda of like Ariel's mom. That's nice. Yeah. Uh there's a really funny looking part here where Eric finds her unconscious on the beach and he helps her up and he's like, Where did you come from? And she <laughs> she like goes to point out to the ocean, which is already stupid. 
Mm-hmm. But she sees Sora, Donald, and Goofy just staring at her. <laughs> and she's like, uh, actually, I came from that tunnel over there. Yep. That's where I live. I'm a tunnel lady. Definitely, definitely not with that little dolphin merman and a turtle duck and an octopus duck is not is what I meant to say. Anyway, she returns the pendant and he says, wow, we we will now be in love, but we won't kiss just yet. No, they're not married yet. They're not married yet. They're not allowed to kiss. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, the thing is that she has to kiss Eric within like three days or she becomes a horrible little polyp monster. I think By the, sun, the, the sunset on the third day, I think. Yeah. yeah. I would just go for it, you know? He's yeah. clearly into her. Yeah, it didn't say consensual. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just just do like a trip and fall like... Oops, haha, <laughs> did that just happen? That's so embarrassing. Well, I guess I won't become a polyp. Yeah, Ariel's not a tactical thinker that way. No, a couple days pass. Uh, Sebastian and Flounder keep an eye on them. Uh, it's the night before the last day. Ariel mm-hmm. and Eric, they go in for a kiss, and Sora pops out of the water and covers Flounder's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I did think was cute. Yeah, uh, But unfortunately... Uh, Ariel and Eric, they're in a little rowboat, much like in the kiss the girl scene, but not in a interesting setting. (laughs) Right. No musical. And unfortunately, right as they're going in for that kiss, the boat gets flossled and jostled by Flotsam and Jetsam. Those little poopsies sure are. uh, (laughs) Those little poopsies. (laughs) Those little poopsies sure are rascals. And they don't kiss. And Eric says, that was so embarrassing. I don't want to kiss you again. This has reset the cooldown on kiss attempts. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know if I'll ever do it. Possibly after sunset might might work for me, but I'm really embarrassed for now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next day it's sunset, and Ariel is alone on the beach, and she's crying silently with her non-voice. And Eric is walking on the beach with a glazed expression as, quote-unquote, Vanessa, which is actually a transformed Ursula, sings to him with Ariel's voice... This is about the time that I realized we haven't seen any Heartless in this world, I don't think. Um, there are no Heartless. But I forgot about that immediately because I saw one of my favorite things, which is Sora no-scoping Ursula's necklace with the Keyblade. <laughs> which is way better than how it goes down in the movie. Problem fucking solved. Yeah. Sora, he just sees this and he's like, hey, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think like they have like I think like Sebastian has to do a bunch of shit in the movie, but way better that Sora just fucking shoots it off her neck. Flounder like flies out of the water and like launches a rock at it or something. <laughs> I, I, I it, honestly don't remember what happened. I think in it's the movie. like part of Sebastian being chased by the French chef and and then getting it somehow. I think I don't know. They have to hire a, an assassin, a pistol shrimp, to shoot it. <laughs> oh no, that would be cool. Okay. Uh, Ariel gets her voice back. Uh, Eric gets released from his trance. You know, Ursula could have won this if she hadn't walked Eric directly to Ariel on the last day. Well, she wanted to gloat. She did want to gloat. She's she's a hag. It's her, it's her word, too, so that's fine for you to say. Yeah, she's a sea hag, canonically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Ariel talks to Eric, and he hears her voice for the first time, and he says, Oh, you're the one who saved me, but he doesn't know that she's a mermaid yet, which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh... For when uh, Ursula just starts cackling and drags Ariel into the water. And Eric is like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) 
he he rolls with it pretty well. I'll give that to Eric. Especially considering that once she goes into the water, she is a mermaid again and has a fishtail. And he sees her with the fishtail and thinks absolutely nothing of it. When Ursula turned into a, her fucked up octopus form, too, and, and scuttled all I guess gross. he's just like, well, this this weird sea witch, she's she's done some shit, I don't know. And he's like, okay, Ariel, you can take off the fake mermaid tail now. And she's like, no, 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 no. No. Uh, so Triton tries to destroy the contract, but he can't. It's bulletproof or whatever. He accepts that he's been thoroughly owned. He puts his name on the contract in Ariel's place, becomes a nasty little polyp, and she takes the trident. And then Eric swims down underwater and throws a harpoon at her. Eric is maybe cooler than I gave him credit earlier. Eric's kind of a badass, and I do like it. Yeah. Uh, But then Ursula becomes big and sings the fourth song, Ursula's Revenge. And this song is pretty fucking good. I like this song a lot. It's a villain song. It's Ursula. We love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is a song that I, I have burned into my memory, which makes me worry that it might be hard in the game somehow. I don't know. <laughs> you had to play it so many times. I will never forget, loyal darling, strong as the tide, sweet as poopsies, hasten to my side. Right now, mommy needs you. Smash those stupid fools. Make them writhe. For as long as I live. Make them writhe. Working writhe into a song, I'm I'm very much on board with. <laughs> So what happens is she says all that stuff that I just said, and then Flotsam and Jetsam attack Sora and friends, and they take them under the water. So Ursula can't see what happens next, which is that Sora, again, sniper, he just obliterates them with one shot. (laughs) It's been a minute since he murdered anybody, so... It makes you wonder why he didn't do it before, because he literally is just like, oh, Well, that that won't be a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they hadn't. Maybe he wasn't quite ready to kill yet until they attacked him. <laughs> uh, she sings that same verse again, and Sora flops out of the water and does like a he does like a taunting wave at her, and he says the the iconic quote, "Sorry, mommy, your poopsies are toast." <sighs> Yeah, that's that's maybe the best thing that's ever been said in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> um, it definitely is very reminiscent of, of Sora laughing at, about Maleficent being dead to Pete's face. <laughs> He's got a little violent streak in him. He, he loves to kill and then taunt friends of the people he killed. Yeah. They're all evil, but I don't know that that makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good part also where Eric is like, I won't let you take her from me. And Sora, Donald, and Goofy like leap out of the water over his little rowboat and they go like, we're with you all the way. And he must be really confused at that. Yeah. Who? Who are you? (laughs) Okay. What the fuck? (laughs) He's lucky. Lucky he doesn't just stab them with a harpoon. (laughs) He's just like, "Ah, ah, more minions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man they're telling ursula that they're with her all the way i need to kill them now i mean Do- donald looks like a little ursula <laughs> he kind of does yeah uh sora again there's a lot of near misses in atlantica sora like knocks the trident out of her hand and it almost impales eric yeah but that means eric but has it's fine right now 
he he kills her for real which is that what happens in the movie or is the no is the boat impalement the it's movie? the boat impalement in the movie which is way gnarlier yeah uh so this is where uh, Ariel does reveal that she was, in fact, a mermaid the whole time. And he's like, oh, that's why you've been a mermaid for the past 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, I thought this was really interesting because I'm pretty sure at the end of the movie she goes to be a woman, like a human woman with Eric. And at this, she just like is like, no, we'll figure out how to like share our worlds together. Uh, it's an I'll interesting get a bathtub. <laughs> well, it's like she'll visit sometimes and he'll visit sometimes. And, and you know, I think that's nice. That's good. It's compromised. Yeah, it's nice. And there's something about that that I'll come back to in a moment. But first, I do need to talk about uh, she. she's sad because she's like, now he yeah. knows my secret. We can never be together. And she says goodbye. But he jumps in the water after her and he's like, I think he says, can you teach me how to swim? Which I don't – I think he unintentionally made it sound like he was about to drown. Yeah, I was confused by that. I'm like, do you – do you not know how to? You've been swimming. You definitely do, considering you just swam down and threw a harpoon at Ursula. Right. <laughs> He's just lying. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part here, I've been talking about the thumbs up. We do not get a thumbs up here, but we do get a Sora victorious little fist pump. He's like, yes! <laughs> I loved his little arm pump. Sora loves murder and love. <laughs> Uh, we get the fifth and final song called A New Day is Dawning. There's some weird stuff going on here. And to to get back to what I was saying a moment ago, this is a song about how everything is good now. Land and sea are united in harmony because of Ariel and Eric. Eric is not here. This is in the palace. He can't be here or he would be dead. He'll get to hear about it later. <laughs> he's just He's just up on the surface like... He's got like a like a tube that he's put his ear into, and he's like listening through the water oh. to hear the song. He's like, "Oh, that sounds pretty good." Like a big tin ear horn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ariel's sisters are here, which was weird. Yeah, I always forget about them. It was just two of them, though. How I actually spo- didn't know until I saw on the wiki yesterday that this was Ariel's sisters because they make no reference to her being their her. Being their sister? Words? Yeah, that was a correct sentence. Yeah, not in these games. I don't think that has been referenced in these games. Uh, we do get Donald singing. Donald loves to sing. Um, he did ask for more lines earlier in the game, and so he got them. <laughs> That's right, he did. His specific line is, congratulations, dear princess, to you. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a go. Okay. We're almost at that time anyway. This will be my Wish Us Duck contribution. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's how it sounded. That is how it sounded. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to take a whack at it while we're here? <sighs> yeah, I have not practiced as much as I should have. Okay, here we go. I feel like that was a little better. I think it was better. Yeah. I think you've made progress. I'm, I'm improving slowly. All right. Uh. This part is really funny because uh, ba- basically what's happening throughout the song is that Ariel and the sisters will, like, sort of intro in the friends. They'll be like, now please show us your friends, Donald and Goofy. And then Donald and Goofy will come in and sing a little bit. And when she intros in Flounder, Sebastian, and Triton, Flounder sings a little Sebastian sings a little, and then Triton comes in on, like, a dolphin chariot and just goes, 
Ariel, I'm so happy for you. And it sounds incredibly sarcastic. <laughs> He's a bad dad. He's not going to stop. He's a bad dad. He's always going to be a bad dad. And yeah, Sora opens the next gateway with a bubble. Just yeah. some bubble. Yeah, was this bubble important earlier? It's the bubble. There are bubbles in every song, I think, that you pop if you time it right. I don't know. Oh, I did see that. Okay, sure. It's the musical bubble. It's the bubble of music. Uh, I did think it was very cute how Ariel is, like, saying goodbye to them and she's really sad. And Sora, Donald, and Goofy have clearly on their own time rehearsed a little song. (laughs) Yeah, well... They love to sing. This is Donald's thing. Donald wants to stay here and sing forever. He he can't bring his guitar down, but because it's water and it would it would put out his hot guitar. But he could maybe play a hot piano of some kind. Uh, yeah, they sing a little song that's like, even though we're hitting the road, our worlds are all connected, which is <laughs> so dumb, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I like all this stuff. It's good. And that's the end for this part. Yeah. I this is the best the Disney stuff has been. I think even uh even um I don't think that uh Pride Lands was as good as this part, but I don't no. think it, it was it was all right, but again, it's just a self-contained Disney story that has no bearing on anything and that's always just kind of all right. Yeah. Yeah, it was I think it was just like better done than some of the earlier parts. It didn't feel as weirdly empty as Mulan, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, 100 Acre Book was not. But like you said, 100 Acre Book shouldn't really be watched that way. And then... Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like Atlantica. It's funny that people don't like... I mean, maybe it's bad to play, but it, it, I think it's good to watch. <laughs> it's not great to play, but honestly, like, it's... I think it would be a problem if it was, like, hard. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid, <laughs> you know? It's like, you take... It's it's a break. You take a little time out of the combat and, and the, like, increasingly heavy, intense, emotional story to just play some little songs. This is fun. Yeah, and again, I think, like, if you have these Disney properties, like, lean into the thing that people like about Disney, which yeah. is largely the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. It, I, I think that still a lot of the Disney worlds in Kingdom Hearts 2 are not as good as they were in the first game. Yeah. But this was, this was a nice sort of return to form, I would say, for the most part. I think so. Yeah. It's too bad we'll never get to go back to Tarzan world. <laughs> no. Uh, next time is going to be some good, good, good stuff. I'm really excited because we're not, Ooh, we actually are going to a Disney World, now that I think about it. Hmm. We are going back to Twilight Town. Okay. Uh, We're going to Hollow Bastion. And we're also going to a little place called the Space Paranoids, where we're going to meet a little guy named Tron. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And there might be some more Hollow Bastion after that, depending on how much much we watch. We're, We're coming up on some of the most iconic stuff in kingdom hearts 2 and i'm very excited okay it might not be next week it might be the week after but there's really good stuff ahead okay i'm very i'm excited thank god (laughs) yeah Yeah. i as much as i've been enjoying some of these disney worlds 
I would like to get stuff that is actually good again. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I would like to watch something that I like and not have to caveat it a lot. <laughs> well, next time I think that is what will happen. It you know, it's possible that I'll be wrong and I'll be like, "Oh man, come on." <laughs> but I don't think it will be. Okay. All right. Well, look I mean, Tron's to it. a video game. He's he's going to be doing like 10 thumbs up probably. Yeah, he's going to be doing all sorts of cool gamer gestures. Yeah, he's going to probably do like a gritty and uh, <laughs> like I don't know some other Fortnite dances. <laughs> they were doing Fortnite dances back in the in the eighties when Tron existed, right? Is that when I don't remember when Tron was made? I think that's right. Yeah, it sounds right. Who cares? Uh, well, that's that. Yeah, we already uh, did. Wish us duck. We did. You can't make me do it again. Yeah, I mean, I was going to suggest this week we say, sorry, Mommy, your poop Jesus toast is Donald Duck, but... toast. Wow, that's really good. I don't know if I can repeat my earlier performance, but I'll try it. We got Not the vowels. Quite. Yeah, I, can get, I can't get consonants yet, but I can kind of do the vowels. <laughs> Who needs them? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light. We're on Twitter at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on co-host at Achilles Heelys. Listen to my other podcasts, Zero to Zero, where we are still working our way through Blade 2 and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Both movies in their own special ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Doctor Huh, where we just watched... The very good 10th Doctor episode, The Christmas Invasion, which is good. Sometimes Doctor Who is good. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> you can listen to me uh, on the F+, Plus, an extra credit outside of this, and um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Look at my co-host sometimes. I post infrequently. I think, oh yeah, you've been posting bad faces. Yeah, I post the bad faces from this game as, as I go along, so if you want to see Pete... <laughs> Looking like a manticore. Please go look at it there. Uh, I think it's not out yet, but I think there will be an extra credit that I'm on soon. I don't know how soon, but keep an eye out for that. It's a really, really, really stupid one. <laughs> yeah, I was I was on one recently uh, where you can learn how to make a tincture out of vodka and herbs that can that will stop your uh, bleeding after giving birth. So you know. If you need that, listen to the extra credit. I don't know if I need that, but I guess better safe than sorry? It can also kill anthrax. Oh, sick. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. There you go. We're hosted on noisebase.xyz, the podcast network, where you can find podcasts such as Elite Full Restore, about Pokemon, Fear Baiting, about horror films, Giants Confirmed about They Might Be Giants, Hamsteak about Homestuck, and Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era about Creepypasta. There's a bunch of them. Check those out. Yeah. I'm on two episodes of Nightmare and Era. They're both about Jeff the Killer. Yeah, those are good. Listen to those. And like we say at the end of every episode. That's Keyblade. It's fucking hard. Keyblade. Yeah. Even when I feel like I'm getting better at it, I'm really not. Not I think where much. I'm at is my noises sound like Donald Duck, but they are not words. <laughs> it's hard. Keyblade. Keyblade. Sometimes bad things happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Simba? Hakuna? Matata! Hakuna? Matata! He's not the Simba I remember. Something about Hakuna Matata. 